From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Gretchen from a company called June. Gretchen, it's really nice to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited too. To kick us off, maybe you can just tell me a bit about yourself, about your company, who you guys are, and what you're doing. Yeah, totally. So currently, I am the head of sales and the only salesperson for a company called June. Yeah. We're an HR tech company focused on wellness and lifestyle benefit management, and we're a super young, lean team, hence the me being a salesperson one and the head of sales. What a unique, fun position to be in. I love that. That's awesome. So as we dive into sales, one of the things I'd like to talk about is lessons that you've learned in your sales career. I'm sure you've been doing this a while. I'm sure you've picked up these lessons and these insights and I'd love to just hear about some of those and what they are. Yeah. I think one of the best lessons I ever have gotten was from my mentor, like starting out in sales. I, so I started my career at a company called Qualtrics. I was with them when they had 120 employees all the way up to 1200 employees over a five year period. So it was quite a ride. Yeah. And amazing sales, like training and everything. And I remember when I was first starting out, I would get so nervous before sales calls. And when I would get nervous, my brain would shut down. I wouldn't be able to ask questions, the questions I wanted to. I wouldn't be able to engage the way I wanted to with prospects. And my boss and my mentor at the time was talking to me after one of these failed calls. (laughs) It was like, Listen, if you are approaching a conversation and you're super nervous, what it comes down to is you're just focusing on yourself. And what you need to do is really care about the person on the other side of the table or the phone or Zoom and really focus on them. And if you're really focused on them and present with them, then you're not going to be nervous and you're going to have a really productive call because you're actually giving a shit about, I love to swear here, about what they care about. Yeah. I love that. Through that, you're able to obviously, you know, get beyond that and really crush it. It sounds yeah, yeah. Any role, whether you're selling to someone or you're managing people or whatever, it all comes down to people and human to human interaction and really like caring about the people you're interacting with. So it was like it was actually a really important lesson that has laid a foundation for the way I approach my career. Absolutely. I love that. So I think one of the things that everyone in sales is thinking about right now is what tactics are working, what tactics aren't, what should we double down on this year and what should maybe we move away from? So as you reflect back on this past year and even the past few months, are there any tactics that you found specifically have worked well when it comes to driving pipeline and revenue? Yeah, definitely. I think, so we're in a really fortunate position at June because we are selling into a space where there are really strong trends that are driving our business forward. So we sell wellness and lifestyle benefits, and those are very hot topics in the HR space right now and something that a lot of employers are leveraging to 
differentiate themselves in the talent market and to engage and retain their talent. Um, so for the first time in my career, I've primarily taken a step back, have been a part of companies where we have really good product market fit, but there's a lot of outbound effort in what we do. And that's what I was like trained in. And June, by contrast, is almost all inbound at the moment. So like I mentioned before, we have a really lean team at the moment and my whole calendar is filled up with inbound <laughs> meetings, which is amazing. So my current role in our approach to pipeline is optimizing for getting the people that come to us, they're actual buyers, they're proactively looking. So getting them the information they need any expertise they need as quickly and efficiently as possible. Ranges from everything from really optimizing auto emails that get sent to people if they engage with our website and making sure we have the appropriate links and material there. It comes down to how I engage with people on the phone and then the follow-up emails that I send them and making sure those are really robust. And, and then also, you know, content plays a really big role as well. When you have an industry that's moving really fast and you're capitalizing on trends, it's all about showing that you have subject matter expertise and showing that in webinars and online content and all these different avenues. Absolutely. That's awesome. So are you, when it comes to that content creation and even driving the inbound, is that you or is that more like your marketing team and then you pick it up when they come in? Yeah. So we have someone that's over like operations and marketing. His name's Nis Prome. If you ever want to have him on the podcast, because <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. He primarily manages our content creation as well as our optimization for Google and, and things like that. And essentially what we do as a team is we sit down pretty consistently and talk about trends that are coming up on sales conversations or with clients. And we build content around that. So what are clients and prospects asking about and how do we double down on that information and getting that subject matter expertise out there? And the most common form that comes in is we'll write blog posts and put them on our website. And honestly, when I go to other vendors' websites, I often go to the resources pages to see how robust their resources are. Yeah, and then it comes in like case studies, our clients are really amazing and willing to do case studies and blurbs with us. And then it comes in the form of like webinars and LinkedIn lives and things like that as well. Absolutely. How much of that content is made to get inbound leads and people that are interested and how much is it used in like sustaining engagement after they've come in and all that stuff? That's such a good question. I think Ooh, it's hard to answer that question because so much of the material that we create is, I'd say the majority of it is primarily used for the engagement after they've inbounded. We have a couple of hook things that that bring people in. So an example of a hook thing that we have on our site to bring people, content to bring people in is a wellness survey template. So employers are always interested in getting feedback from their employees we developed this really nice, robust wellness survey template for empl employers to ask employees what they need from a wellness benefit. And we get a ton of downloads on that. And those often convert into inbound leads. Interesting. Yeah, because I feel like when someone comes inbound, they probably also hit up like five other vendors and they're kind of looking and comparing. 
So will you like strategically pick pieces of content and over like the weeks after you meet with them, share the content and say, Hey, thought this might be relevant and all that? A hundred percent. Yeah. In fact, I have pulled up on a separate screen here. I have a Google doc. This is how I like love Google spreadsheets, but I have a bunch of categorized links of resources that we have. And after every call with a prospect, I pick and choose based off of our conversation, what are going to be the most relevant resources for that group as they go and talk about June internally. And oftentimes that is, we have a we actually have a few of them, but we have a few comparison guides that compares June to other vendors in this space. And I'll often send that as a follow-up. Interesting. How much of that content is like we created it once and we've been reusing that same asset for a while? And how much of it is new stuff that was just released type of thing? A lot of it is, so our library of content is, consistently growing. I'd say every quarter we put out at least a few more assets to, to leverage during the sales cycle as well as after the sales cycle and then like to bring leads in. So the toolkit is so large now that a lot of it's like old in the sense that I'm still using it. It's still relevant, but we're adding to it pretty consistently. Absolutely. And so when you meet with someone, maybe do discovery or proposal, whatever the process is, and then they go silent for a while because they're evaluating options and all that. Do you just keep sending them content or what does that look like, like day to day? Like if you haven't heard from them in a week, do you send them another piece of content, even if they didn't get back to you on the last email? Yeah, it's a good question. I think there's some nuance to this question because I'm the type of person when I'm on the phone with someone, like I will... I like to give buyers outs. So what I'll do at the end of every call is I'll be like, Hey, like I'm actually pretty persistent in following up as a salesperson. Like when should I be following up with you and what cadence looks best for you? And so I know ahead of time, like, should I be hitting them once a week? Should I be hitting them once a month? Should I like put something on the calendar now? If they're like, if they're going to be buying super fast or whatever it may be. And then, yeah, every time I follow up with them, I try and keep my follow-up short and I try and send them something that's relevant to the conversation that, that we had, whatever that may be. With the caveat of my first follow-up is within an hour of our call and it's usually pretty robust <laughs> in the stuff that I send them. So in, in I'd say like 99% of the cases, I've sent them the majority of relevant information by the time I'm doing a week post follow-up or something like that. Okay, gotcha. So you almost try to push them away a bit to see how sticky they are at the start of, okay, if this is irrelevant, let's not waste either of our time of chasing one another. And But if it is, I'll follow up with you. And then you send a big follow-up. The other follow-ups... Is there like a call to action? Like, hey, let me know when you want us to send the contract or whatever, or is it literally just sharing the content to make them aware that, hey, we still exist? Yeah, it depends on, so one of the channels that we sell through is brokers. So we work with brokers and brokers introduce us to their clients. And with a broker follow-up, I'll just send content and be like, hey, we're still relevant. Here's like how we're relevant to your clients. When I did, so we are scaling. Currently, we sell 
to small and medium-sized businesses and we're scaling into enterprise. In previous sales roles, I sold only to enterprise companies, which is another shift in my current role versus old roles. And and with enterprise, you do that, like, I'm going to drip you information to keep us top of mind because your buying cycle is super long. We're waiting on contracts to end with other vendors or whatever it may be. With small to medium-sized businesses, they can move a little quicker. And so my follow-up is often more action-oriented. Hey, just so you know, the next steps look like X, Y, and Z to get started with June. Or I might make a plug for if you're able to move you mentioned that you could move by the end of January. If you can move, we'll waive a month's fee or whatever it may be. So I'll be a little more proactive that way with this. Like getting them to pull the trigger on it. Yeah. You seemed really open to it. So let's just get you in the door and get started. Yeah, exactly. So what key trends are you seeing in sales right now? Obviously sharing content, it's a big thing. Is there anything other big shifts you're seeing in terms of trends and What's going to work for this year here in sales? I'm going to be completely honest. (laughs) I don't follow like proactively follow like a lot of sales trends. I will say that like with buyers, people are pretty overwhelmed over, over the last couple of years. There's been a lot going on. There's also like more like people are working from home. They're wearing a lot more hats. They're working more hours. They're They're also being hounded in new ways from salespeople. And my big theme for myself is just be more human. People want to interact with kind, thoughtful humans. And that especially is true for the sales process and buyers and salespeople. And I find that even if someone doesn't buy from me, if I have a positive interaction with them, they're likely to refer me to other people or refer other people to June or like we may interact in the future and that like positive interaction will hopefully stick in their mind if that makes sense. Absolutely. As we wrap up here, what are your top priorities right now? Obviously driving sales, driving pipeline, but more specifically, is it like looking through all the ones that didn't push through our last quarter and sorting those out for now, or what's number one on your list right now? Yeah. So there's actually two top things. One is going back to close loss or revisit deals or deals that push. And we just had a big update to our UI. So I'll be sending those people relevant content. I'll be sending them demos of our new environment and using it as a plug to be like, Hey, would love to re-engage if it makes sense and keeping us top of mind that way. So that's a big priority. We just released it yesterday. So I'm like super pumped to get those out there. And then priority two is we're experimenting, as I said a minute ago and going up market. So I'll be doing some outbound and seeing what messaging works and doesn't work going to enterprise organizations. Awesome. That's awesome. Any closing remarks or last words of advice here before we close? I'd say just be nice to yourselves, people. Sales is a grind. There's always room for improvement and a lifelong pursuit of improvement and go easy on yourself in the short term. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate your all your wisdom and insights. Thanks, Brad. I really appreciate it. It was nice chatting with you. Absolutely.